So I'm still used to creating a video element to our usual audio podcast. After a year of podcasting last year, I was starting to feel pretty comfortable with, you know, creating something that was intended to be for audio only and was going to be recorded, then broadcast later for people to listen to and enjoy. And I'm also pretty comfortable with doing live style video things, you know, where you're on a call, where you're sharing information, where you're answering questions, where there's that uh, live interactivity happening. But, you know, recording for uh, video purposes where something is going to be edited, have a little post-production done to it, and then distributed as a video feels like a horse of a different color and one that I'm still not entirely comfortable with. There's a lot of different skills to learn. There's a lot of different things that you need to think about in video that you don't necessarily have to pay a lot of attention to in audio. So because of this, I was really happy late last year when I met Chris Weir, who's the owner of Cleaver Creative, which does uh, B2B video animations, vlogging, and consultation for companies in a wide variety of industries. He has so much insight, really great things to say about logging. And when we initially had our first conversation, he made a statement uh, that you know, erased my hackles a little bit. He said that in many, many cases, even most cases, uh, company podcasts should be company blogs. So when he said that, I knew we had to invite him to the show to have this conversation. Uh, and you know what you're about to see or listen to, whatever platform you're on, uh, we really do get into the weeds of how video works, how audio works for different business purposes. Uh, it's a really interesting call, and I can't wait to share it with you. It's all happening today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Chris, thank you so much for being here and for joining me on the show. How are you today? I am doing great in my echoing cavern. <laughs> yeah, minimalism in office design has done a real disservice for podcasters everywhere. <laughs> what do you yeah, say? <laughs> yeah, we're making the best of it, though. Perfect. So, as I mentioned at the top, the the first time we met and we started speaking, you made a profoundly controversial statement to me, uh, one that I found deeply shocking uh, on on an existential, maybe even a spiritual level. Um, so, I really wanted to have you on the show today to talk about that. Your statement was that pretty much all company podcasts should really be company vlogs. Uh, and so is that still a fair statement? Do you still agree with it? Uh, and, you know, for those listening, uh, what makes a company vlog a vlog? That's, yeah. So I'd still believe in it uh, with, with an asterisk. <laughs> if you're going to record an audio podcast, I do believe you should take the extra step and record it as a video podcast. Uh, I, you know, I've been in video for a long time. Um, there are certain things that attract us to people's faces that is biologically wired into our brains. There's a part of the brain that we're fascinated just by looking at a face and seeing micro changes in facial expressions and we're, we can't look away. So if you are going to spend an hour recording your voice, talking about something passionately, interviewing somebody passionately, you should record the video as well because it's fascinating to us. <laughs> um, and obviously to people like consuming media in different ways. And, and certain people will, will watch a whole podcast on YouTube over listening to it in their car. It's not me. I'd much rather... <laughs> I'd much rather listen to a podcast. Uh, but if I'm given the choice of watching uh, uh, a clip 
on LinkedIn uh, about a certain business practice, as opposed to reading an article, I'm going to watch the clip, or I'll watch the, or I'll watch the clip and listen to the clip while I'm reading the description as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, my argument for video is that um, it's it's a worthwhile use of your time and energy if you're already going to this step of of recording audio. Um, yeah, and it, it now, the, said so. Uh, well, so I want to uh, bring in with a little bit of the the data that we collected last year in the the State of Business Podcasting Report. And this, if if you'll remember, longtime listeners will know how my heart was broken um, by YouTube being such a popular platform for podcast publishing and promoting. Uh, but that data has stayed really robust over times so over the last three years, uh, well in excess of fifty percent, getting up to sixty five seventy percent of the top one hundred business podcasts are on YouTube. Of those, sixty percent are live action video. Um, so that is, you know, approaching best practice standard. But as we're going to be getting into over the course of our conversation, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best choice for every business. And we're going to be really digging into to why that is. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the adage of everything works, just not everything works for everybody. You know, uh, like I have worked with people that have wanted to do video. And we start doing it and it's just kind of clear. It's like, this is not your medium. Like this is really just not, and that's not to say that audio couldn't be because you can take 50 takes of an audio clip and stitch them all together. And it does sound more seamless than when having 50 cuts in your video. Now at the same time, video editing has changed. So it's actually become much more acceptable to have a lot of cuts and it's, you know, people do that on purpose now even. Um, But yeah, there's no harm in, in trying it and seeing what you think of it. And also it's a skill and a talent. So mm-hmm. you you can learn how to do it and get better at it over time. Just like I, I tell folks, like it's like public speaking was 20 years ago. Like you, you, you took Toastmasters because if you're going to advance in your company, you have to be able to get in front of a, an audience. I tend to believe that you have to be able to get good at talking on video these days because every millennial Gen Y has grown up wanting to be a YouTube star (laughs) and then realized that's not going to happen, but they're going to have a very successful corporate career or business. And they already have that skill set, like ready to go. I am so happy Facebook didn't come out until I was already in college. (laughs) So happy. (laughs) But uh, before we get into, I've got a whole list of different kind of business benefits, reasons for creating multimedia content that the businesses will want to take advantage of when they're creating either podcasts or vlogs. We can go through each of them and kind of explore the use case. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, but I'd love to hear just uh, a little bit about your business. Kind of what do you do for people? Where where does this uh, expertise and passion for video come from for you? Yeah. So, so I started Cleaver Creative um, 10 years ago. And we started off doing a lot of animation work. Um, we did a lot of promotional videos. And then in the past two to three years, I started vlogging on LinkedIn uh, because I had this background in in B2B marketing and there wasn't a lot of great video content on LinkedIn. So I saw that as an opportunity. And that, that took off with clients that are you know wanting to have messaging directly to B2B customers. Um, so I found that as a really great, great space to to work in and to help sort of coach people on on how to do that. Um, so yeah, it's it's basically uh, still a, I think a new 
area where a lot of people um, have said, okay, I want to, I want to start a podcast, but the vlog is a slightly different take on that. And then it's a much more direct message. It's much shorter directly to your customers, telling them basically exactly what you want to say in a, in a shorter piece of content than, Mm -hmm. than a podcast. So I think it's still something that's going to continue to grow over the years, but um, it's it's new and, and and exciting, which is which is kind of fun. Yeah. So, would you say a vlog for a company? Um, now, I think I, I mean, if you spend any time at all on YouTube, you're probably you know like lifestyle vloggers or different topic vloggers. Um, I'll, I'll out myself here. Historical costuming vlogging is huge and also awesome, <laughs> but I'm a little bit less familiar with kind of company corporate blogs. So, would you say they're they're kind of short. Are they usually live streamed or is it um, more of like a podcast where you record in advance and then broadcast? Um, and is, uh, does a lot of preparation have to go into a vlog or do you just kind of turn on the mic and talk and go, what, what do you see being really effective? So most of them are recorded in advance. Um, a lot of times we'll record three or four at a go uh, and just do slightly different setups or slightly different changes to how it's recorded so that it feels like it was recorded on that Tuesday, even though it was recorded two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they're shorter, they're more direct, they're usually something that's more practical uh, information. And for LinkedIn, they're like obviously very business focused. As a, I think there's... There's a good argument to have a little bit of um, of your lifestyle, your personality in some of that content. But for the most part, people on LinkedIn are really, you know, their time is very short. They're, they're there to network. They're there to uh, get high quality business information very quickly. And they're not spending a lot of time. Uh, so if, they, if, if, if the value is not there, they move on. So you do have to be pretty focused on like what does my network actually want to hear and how can I give them something that's going to be valuable to them um I think that's you know an advantage but it's also a challenge uh because the advantage like in a podcast is that we can kind of ramble on a little bit and meander and and get to our points and figure out what we want to say as we're saying it Whereas the vlog is a little bit more of a challenge sometimes because you have to be like, okay, what do I really want to talk about this week? What does my network really want to discuss with me? And how can we approach that in a way that's actually going to get their attention and get them talking? Okay. And uh, uh, I I do want to get to our shutdown, but that was a really, really interesting point I want to dig into just a little bit more. Um, How are you doing that kind of real-time research? Or is it real-time research? Like making that determination, this is what's going to be important to talk about this week. Uh, or even in advance, this is what's going to be important to talk about next week. Uh, where are you getting that information and how are you making your editorial choices based on it? So all of the those decisions comes from working with our clients and talking to them and just going like, okay, like what happened in the last three months that, that you were really excited about? Like what do you see happening in the next three months that you're really excited about? What was a major fail from 10 years ago that you can talk about that is that the pain is sort of worn off on and you can you don't feel embarrassed you know talking about with your network now so it's it's a lot of just kind of working with people to figure out what 
they're passionate about in that moment. And that's usually my meter for figuring out like if it's going to be good, like they just have to care about it. You know, I have one client who does process improvement consulting and he's doing very good business. I never thought I would care about process improvement. And <laughs> turns out I really like them. Like the yes, Toyota. Another one out of the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the Toyota production method I never knew was like going to be fascinating to me, but it is. Um, I feel the same way about compliance law. <laughs> there we go. Right. Right. Like, uh, I don't know what that says about our personalities. If that's a good thing or a bad thing, but liking to it's learn interesting. Always a good thing. Always wanting to learn. Yeah, totally. And and yeah, like um, it's surprising. Like when you when you tap into some of these things, that like it's actually very accessible, very interesting, and gets really interesting conversations going on. Um, so like that's usually my my advice to people is like if if you're interested. In it, and you can talk about it with some level of enthusiasm or passion. Other people will be. Mm-hmm. Some other people will be. And and really, that's what it's about. I would rather have three or four really high quality conversations, comments in that in that post than what's going on TikTok, where people are trying to, oh, I got a thousand views. It looks like, well, who who viewed it, you know, and what did they say about it? If it's just people going like, great job, love the clip, that doesn't really get your business to evolve. Okay, awesome. Thank you for that kind of, those details and that primer. Uh, I'm really excited. I've got a list, I think I've got eight different points uh, that I think we can flesh out a little bit for both podcasting and for vlogging uh, to kind of, you know, just help everyone listening, everyone watching this into the future. Just make a decision about what's going to be a really good path for your business and company. And it, it, I'll say at the outset, it could be either. It could be both. You could decide this is actually terrible. I'm just going to go back to cold calling. Whatever works for you is completely fine. Um, but let's get going. The first one I've got is thought leadership. And so when we're talking about thought leadership broadly in media, it's getting your IP out there. It's becoming seen as an authority, as an expert in your space, and hopefully being recognized and cited by others as same. And I'm going to add a little bit to the thought leadership content, which is discoverability, because one of the reasons, you know, thought leadership doesn't really happen if more people aren't finding you and listening to you, unlike the other podcast or media types. So let's let's add that as well. Uh, uh, Chris, how is a vlog uh, really helpful for establishing and growing thought leadership? Uh, I would say it's it's very good. I would say that in, in my estimation, you're you're the podcasting expert. Uh, I would, I would venture to guess that they're both very good at this. Um, uh, you know, specifically vlogging on LinkedIn, you are basically talking to your peers and you come out and basically say, I'm going to talk about this particular area of expertise regularly. And when you do that, um, especially in that place on LinkedIn, uh, people also want to establish themselves as a thought leader. So you come out, you make a statement, and then somebody else in your industry uh, will either add to it. They're usually pretty polite about it. They don't want to like totally like, you know, knock something down. They want to have a reasonable discussion. But because you started the conversation, you have extra credibility. Um, 
and people tend to to look to you to respond to to what people say there. So I think it's really an incentive for discussion with the video Um, uh, because and I guess we we are really talking about, um, you know, video created for social platforms. So YouTube, LinkedIn uh, or, or is YouTube on the list? YouTube is on the list, and 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 it's very similar to a podcast where um, you're going to potentially use YouTube or your podcast or your blog or your newsletter as that end of the funnel, where your mm-hmm. your social post, your vlog might start the conversation, and then you're going to have that call to action to say, okay, go to YouTube to see my one-hour podcast on this topic, or go here, or go to my podcast to, to listen to a lot more of this so yeah it's like sort of the starting point i think awesome and so and for the the conversation that i've been with vlogging is it more typically going to be a solo production uh where you know one person talking into a camera or is it um going to be you know a conversational style i think a lot of thought leadership shows are you know conversations between mutual experts or between colleagues um and that's i think one of the benefits of a podcast uh rather than a vlog it, it can be a little harder to get someone to agree to yeah, I'll also be on camera. What What are your thoughts there? I think it can really be anything you want it to be. Um, I have one person that I've collaborated with now for a couple of years who does Taco Tuesdays. Uh, uh, Delilah Ramos is her name. And she's been in real estate and mortgage industry for, you know, 15 years. And that's her whole her whole vlog is, you know, she's constantly traveling. She's constantly going to conferences and so every week it's a different interview with somebody else in the mortgage industry and a lot of these folks know each other have seen each other's faces and so now they're getting a spotlight every week or somebody's getting a spotlight every week on her show so um it can be an interview format i think for the most part it's usually like direct address of of the 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 main person talking directly to their network saying this is what i'm going to talk about Okay, good stuff. So I think, uh, you know, as we mentioned right at the top of this one, uh, both are really appropriate for the goal of thought leadership. It's going to come down to where you want to invest, uh, you know, your practice time, uh, your your production budget, uh, that kind of thing. So love that. Uh, let's now talk about engaging with the audience. And this is one where I suspect uh, video does have a bit of an edge over podcasting, um, especially when you're kind of designing your whole video strategy to initiate on a social platform rather than a non-social platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify? I think so. Although I think just having video goes a long way and having those clips goes a long way. I think, yeah, people aren't apt to go and engage directly with the long form episode. But the long-form episode does give you those opportunities to have those social clips. And if you are using video as part of your podcast, I think the engagement, I mean, I've seen the engagement, is higher than just having an audio clip uh, with, a, with a photo. So I think I think the podcast does have the potential to get that engagement, but it's not directly from just that episode. You have to then repurpose the content. And I do think dovetailing the two goes a long way where if you do have some direct address to your to your networks, if it's on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, then when you put out that that podcast clip and they're seeing your face again, not talking directly to them, but talking in an interview setting, you've already established this rapport with your network to say, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to help you. And then when they see you 
providing that help in that podcast sense, it goes even further, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the this is kind of where one of the, the real differences between uh, one-to-many broadcasting and then a more, uh, as you say, direct address style of creation, really, they start to show their differences a little bit. I think that's really interesting. So like uh, broadcast uh, audio, even when it is for the purpose of audience engagement, is always going to be a little less close than uh, that than being able to see a video and being able to have a comment section uh, where where people can engage. Because, you know, with the podcast platforms, that really doesn't exist yet. The direct engagement with the podcaster, unless there is a video element that's being deployed on social, doesn't really happen. And I know there are companies trying to solve that problem, but I don't think a lot of listeners want it solved. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants an app where you can add a comment to a piece of audio. But people do love, like you say, having those discussions on LinkedIn or having them on YouTube. If you venture into the comment sections, they're kind of different ways of experiencing content. I think so. And I guess the other thing that we didn't talk about is is if if we were to be recording this as a live stream on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. we would also be getting views and engagement and potential comments that way as well. So the live element does also kind of give you that extra place of engagement as a podcast, which I haven't really done much of. I did uh, a LinkedIn Live uh, about a month ago. Mm. And I think, again, because there there's this struggle on LinkedIn for really high quality business content, they promote those those lives quite a bit. And I think there was like over 200 people that viewed it. Now, there was only probably a handful of people that left comments, but... I think LinkedIn is is you know they're they're really working hard to promote good content. So they're putting those lives out in front of a lot of people to say, "Hey, this is this is going on right now. You can be a part of this conversation." So there is that that opportunity for engagement which I have to be honest not dipped my toes in at all. I've I've experienced a bit of live streaming cuz I had a, a startup that did some some work in that spot. But um, as far as the business side of it, I haven't even scraped scraped the surface of that. I don't know what your know. thoughts are. Yeah, live stream live streams can be great. Um, like I, I think they can be a lot of fun, but I think there there has to be so much intentionality around. You know, is this going to be video for a social platform? Is this going to be audio for a broadcast platform? Is this going to be live stream for a dynamic platform? Um, because the energy is really different, and uh, especially if you are going to be repurposing the one to the other, I think it's important to be mindful of kind of the energy you're creating and you don't want to, you know, do a live stream, which is going to be great for everyone who's attending live. But then when you pop it onto a podcast player, when you, if someone listens to it on Spotify, they're feeling alienated because there's no way for them to, you know, hit like if you enjoy. Like it, it's not, it's not the same. So I think, you know, kind of being mindful of that is important. And then just talking on the like ease of getting into it level, you've got podcasting, which is a pretty low risk in terms of how scary it feels. Adding video, way scarier, live streaming. May as well just stop your heart. <laughs> no, there's no fixing this in post. So I think that's an issue too. <laughs> well, there is and there isn't, right? Like you can always you can always edit around things, you know, and you can you can take things out. So maybe when I launch my podcast as like the first five episodes, I'll I'll ask you to come on as a LinkedIn live, and we'll just totally get out of our comfort zones and oh, that would be so fun. This. I'd be, I'd be absolutely down to that conversation reversed. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about the next topic I want to get into a little bit because this is one uh, that uh, is 
a really big issue, I think, for a lot of podcasters, and it is conversion. Turning someone from a one stranger into a listener or a viewer, and then that listener or viewer into some kind of subscriber or community member, um, that can be really hard in audio only just because of the nature of podcasting. Uh, if someone is you know, driving their car or working out at the gym, they can't necessarily easily or safely take that next action to, they have to remember URL, they've got to remember to do it later. Video, people tend to be watch it. They're in a much better position to be able to click a link or do a thing or take a next action. Um, what are your thoughts on that in terms of just basic conversions? It's really hard. I, I don't think I have enough data that I could speak to it and say this one is better than that one. Um, I do think that having something shorter, you're in front of your computer or you're in front of your phone, you're watching the video, you may be more apt to then go, oh yeah, I do want that free resource or I do want to go learn more. Um, but I do think when, when you are listening to a podcast, you're building more credibility because you have that person's ears for a longer time. And so you're building more trust. Um, so I don't know. It's a toss up for me. I don't know. What do you it's think? It's a good one. It is like it's, um, podcasting is a little bit more pull. People are pulling podcasts into their lives where they want them. Um, video at, at, and I'm not so familiar with how like the social media platform algorithms work, but on YouTube, it's a lot more push. Content is being sent to you or delivered or offered up to you. It's a kind of a different, it's interesting how the different technology companies are actually impacting how our businesses need to make decisions about this um, because the way people discover content is so different. Um, conversions from, you know, an audio listener to say an email subscriber, they've been rough since podcasting started. There's there's no secret about that. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's, that one is a toss-up too because the the relationship building that happens uh, when someone, you know, this podcast I listen to and they cook dinner with me every Friday night. And that's, you know, there's no video that would take the place of that person who I'm hanging out with every Friday night while I make my nice dinner. You know, they're with right. me. And that's... Right. And you really do feel like you super know them. Uh, right. And I feel like there are some podcast hosts I have uh, closer relationships with than YouTubers that I, that I watch. So I think that's something interesting to explore, especially if you know, cultivating that relationship and that audience is really important from a business perspective. Yeah, I think I think that's that is the advantage of the conversion is that potentially with the podcast, you might be able to have a bigger ask. You might get mm -hmm. you might get fewer conversions potentially, but you might be able to have a bigger, bigger one. ask to say, yeah, like you can say like I want to give you this ten page resource. And if they've spent five hours listening to you, then that 10 page resource is going to be worth a lot more as opposed to if it's a two minute thing, you may have to get something that's very short and very high value uh, that they're going to like then skim and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to come back, you know, for more smaller pieces of content and then turn into a client. So it's, yeah, it's hard to say. It, it is hard to say. And it's almost sounding a little bit like one of like the key relationship or audience building elements with video is that it's happening in the area where the video is and the relationship building that's happening with podcasting is happening basically external to the platform because it's so diverse where people are listening and so it's both relationship building both engaging um but kind of with different purposes uh 
Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the the context of where something is seen says so much about how people are going to perceive it and how much time and attention they're going to give it. Because even the same clips, like the clips that I have on YouTube that I've put on LinkedIn have, you know, 10 views, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on LinkedIn, they have hundreds to thousands. Uh, and it's just the way that people are are sort of primed to receive this information, for sure. Okay, really, that that's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep chewing on that one for the next little while. There's there's some fun meat there. Um, let's talk about one of my favorite parts of just multimedia in general, and that is uh, networking and relationship building. My hands down, my favorite part of podcasting is getting to talk to people I wouldn't otherwise talk to, and that I think is really common across the board. Lots of people feel that way about it. Um, is it or can it be the same creating video? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 one of the biggest surprises I've found building business on LinkedIn has been the network of people that, that I've built uh, and also that the clients have become such great personality fits, yeah. um, which I just didn't expect it as as a result. Um, so yeah, networking, it, it's called social network for a reason. <laughs> it's like, that's basically <laughs> what you're doing. You're networking <laughs> with people and, and everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to build their business. Everybody, you know, it's a very supportive community. So I think probably again, both podcasting and vlogging, social networking and LinkedIn are, are, are great for that. Yeah, and it it um and from things you said earlier in the conversation, it, it feels like there's um more on the podcasting side, most of the relationship building happens in the creation side of things. It's when you're inviting guests, it's when you're talking to them, it's when you're doing the follow-up around that. Um and it's sounding like with video, that can happen uh when you do have like a guest-based video stream, but you are more likely to get post-production relationship building and networking because of the nature of the platform that it's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty- I think so. Pretty cool. I think I think as we're talking, I'm feeling more and more like, oh, this is going to end up both, isn't it? This is, this, is, this debate's going to end it up, do both. <laughs> <laughs> well, and honestly, that's, I would encourage you, I would encourage you to, to, to start um, doing some direct, like once as, as I know you guys are doing way, way more video these days. Mm-hmm. But some direct address video, regardless of the platform, again to helps that stuff dovetail together so nicely. Yeah, I think I think um uh to to my sadness and discomfort, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, you know what? <laughs> That's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like because I've done you know corporate videos for years. Mm-hmm. And I cannot tell you the amount of eye rolling and groans I've gotten when people walk in the room and you're there with, you know, lights and a camera and you're like, oh, got to be on video today. God. <laughs> I know. And, and like I said, this is, this is our, uh, our first video season of the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Uh, a couple episodes in now, starting to get a little more comfortable with it still and not used to looking at the camera instead of the person on my screen still working on that particular skill. Um, but, you know, it's... It's more work. It's more challenging. It does cause a little more pre-recording anxiety, if I'm completely right. honest. But it, it's, 
you know, going to be really interesting to see just how much extra value we're able to get out of the show from repurposing, from having different ways to promote. So I'm unhappy about it, but I'm prepared to be convinced. <laughs> I'm very excited for you guys. I'm very excited to see where you're going to where you're going to be with video like what's your how your opinion might change over time mm -hmm. about video yeah yeah it, it has before i think i remember that was from my very first uh reach, research report i i was i would die on the hill that podcasts were podcasts and video was video and they should not be the same and they should not meet and they should not be both and then we did the math and the math said plainly that i was incorrect so we had to we started putting our client shows on YouTube and the kind of MP4 audiogram style. And now we're getting more into, you know, live action podcast production just because the math doesn't lie and I can't argue with it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard the same thing about TikTok too. And, and we manage some TikToks for our client, but I'm still like, I don't want to go, I don't want to be on TikTok. Wait, uh, how old is old enough to not have to learn new social media platforms? Cause like, I feel like I might be too yeah well i don't think we get to get out of that being in the space that we're in i don't think we get to opt out Go that, that, that one comes down to though uh who is your audience because tiktok trends pretty young uh if i'm if i'm correct about that i don't know i don't know i it i think the creators one thousand percent but mm -hmm. i guarantee you there's ceos that their coffee break is going on tiktok and i'm just seeing what's going on mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're doing an, a niche business and doing really great content, I mean, I have a, a guy that I, I've been working with who does, uh, who's a mortgage lender and he's doing, he's doing great on Instagram and, and, and it is content rich stuff in his industry. It's a little bit more jazzed up, but. If you see that right after a dance video and you're a mortgage professional, you're going to start following that guy. True enough, true enough. And I mean, if if, if TikTok's not your thing, um, because I mean, boy, that app is addictive. I deleted it after losing an hour. Um, <laughs> not, I, I don't have the the impulse control to have TikTok on my phone. <laughs> um, YouTube Shorts almost as bad. Instagram Reels, uh, Facebook Shorts, like short form video is increasingly popular and really, you know, as a digital content marketer. Uh, you should be using it uh, pretty pretty much full stop. I know. So let's go into the last point I want to talk about, because I think we just uh, I had user friendliness on my list, but we just talked about how much it sucks and how much that doesn't matter and you need to do it anyway. Um, so let's uh, chat a little bit about the cost because, uh, and, and we're getting more into video now, um, but you are the expert in video and video is a little bit spendy. Um, so where kind of do you find the cost of video production, the cost of podcast production, um, Talking about kind of what those costs are uh, when someone's looking to get into it. Yeah, um, it can be. Um, I think the advantage of of a vlog, the real advantage of a vlog, I think, is the time commitment. And you know, as you know, it takes a it takes longer to produce a hour-long podcast than it does to do a 10-minute podcast. There's just mm -hmm. a time-based medium that we're working in. And the advantage of the vlog is that you're basically just making a short piece of content as opposed to a long piece of content. So although there is more elements involved because you have lighting and sound that you also have to pay attention to and framing and how does that person 
look on camera? Like, how do they feel on camera? Do they feel comfortable? Do they feel like they're having a good time? Even if, you know, they're they're saying the right words, but they look really weird. It's not good. It's not a good clip. It's not a useful clip. Um, So I think the cost can be comparable, especially these days. And, uh, you know, this, this work that I've been doing has sort of spawned a new way of working with clients that I had never done before, which is kind of in this consulting way where they're recording themselves. They're recording themselves with their phones a lot of the time. Um, and that's really what people want to see. They don't want to see this highly produced web interview, you know, three minute even feels like a long time these days. Um, they want to see me talking to you about what I care about from my phone. And, and so as far as cost goes, I think they can be comparable. Um, I wouldn't say anything in the world we do these days is cheap, right? Cause it has to be really good. Um, but I don't think it necessarily has to be more expensive. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I'd... I guess I don't quite follow the math on that because I know like from doing more video production, it costs us a lot more to create a video episode than it does to create an audio episode. There are so many more elements to consider, um, you know, from the bandwidth to, you know, computer resources to different tools and technology needed. But I mean, it is interesting if, if you know, we are talking if little to no production or post-production is valuable, then I, I can totally see the case being made. But I guess as a user... I hate those like shaky phone videos. Like I, I think it's so disrespectful to an audience to not edit and to not have it produced. <laughs> like I think oh, it can for light sure. and look natural, but like yeah, yeah they... it has to look good. It has to look good for sure. But and I mean, so I traveled for um, about a year and did like digital nomad life, and mm-hmm. you know, spent a, a month in different cities and went to Mexico City and Europe and stuff like that, and. Um, did basically a, a travel business vlog. Yeah. Um, so I'd be, you know, walking around the streets of Mexico City and talking about whatever was happening with my business that week or lessons and stuff like that. And people love them, mm-hmm. you know? So there's, there's as long as it's authentic, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's, that's, you know, it's kind of an overused word. But as long as it's authentic, as long as it feels right to the the creator mm-hmm. and they feel comfortable with it, that's what matters. And then obviously it has to look and sound good and have a good message. But like that's the primary thing. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. And I probably revealed some of my own like viewing habit bias uh, in terms of, of, you know, what I personally like to watch or, or like to produce. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a good point, that authenticity and the, the, of course, the reaction and the response to you know, what your audience is looking for. And I think that also is going to be really business dependent. Um, you know, people, the general public probably has really different expectations of, you know, um, their their marketing guy and their lawyer. <laughs> depending how you fished yourself and positioned your business, that should also have uh, editorial influence over the decisions that you make. Totally. And I mean, I also think in some some regards, like doing a podcast is, is easier like oh yeah it's just easier to have someone to talk to and and talk through your ideas with and get the reactions and stuff like that putting a camera in front of your face doesn't react 
like still there is he like just I looking at you and you have to go like was that a smart thing I said was that a funny thing I don't know I got nothing from this thing so there is that challenge too mm-hmm. perfect so I think I mean this has been really great I think we've covered a lot of different areas and hopefully for for everyone you know watching and listening you you've got some more information and tools at your disposal to make a decision for your business uh, I know I'd be happy to help you make that decision Chris I'm sure you'd be happy to help somebody make that decision as well I think we just I think we decided do everything all the time. <laughs> do everything all the time. <laughs> tackle every single platform in every single medium right off the bat. That's the strategy. Awesome. Yeah, no, good. That's uh the point finale on on the topic do it all all the time. <laughs> everything all at once everywhere all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I think um uh just you know getting into a little more like actually making the decision um, if you're getting into multimedia content creation for the first time, and if that makes you feel horrified, start with audio only. It's easier. It's lower pressure. Uh, if you're already a little comfortable being out I would there. disagree. I you would disagree? Okay. There you go. There's a positive disagreement. Okay. Tell me why. Okay. So this is this is, this is is my, my, my case for starting with a vlog. Um, it's shorter. So rather than having to come up with... 20, 30, 40 minutes of, of content. You have to come up with something to say ten minutes. two minutes. Or it could be 10 minutes. That's, you know, it could be 10 minutes. But, I mean, you have to come up with something to say in, in a couple of minutes. Um, so it's it's a, it's less of a time commitment. And generally, my rule of thumb is if you can make something great that's short, then tackle trying to make something great that's longer. It's like write a short story before you write a novel. Um, and if you can write a great short story, then there's a better chance you're going to be able to write a novel. So that would be my argument for starting with a vlog. But I can also, like, I wasn't on the debate team, but I can also see the benefit, right, of starting with a podcast because I, like we're talking about, like, from the ease of conversation, um, it is easier to have a conversation for 10 minutes uh, than to do a 10-minute vlog to a camera. So there's, you know, it's personal preference at the end of the day, but there are advantages to starting with either one, I think. Yeah, and I think there's, uh, for, for podcasting versus creating video, I think there's the issue of being seen. Uh, and I think if if kind of being seen and being recorded um, is something that you're comfortable with or is something that you have experience with, uh, great, you're going to find it a lot easier. If it is new, I mean, I know I found this, uh, and, and I know some of the clients that we were with have found, like, um, the concept of being recorded for later viewing is pretty horrifying to a lot of people. <laughs> Whereas knowing so, that, <laughs> you know, you're preaching to the choir. I, <laughs> I resisted uh, being in front of the camera for mm-hmm. for eight years. Uh, you know, probably fifteen if you if you include my entire history of of <laughs> video production. Took me forever to get out in front of the camera. Did not want to do it. Uh, but uh, I'm sure, as similar with the, with the podcast, uh, once you start, you kind of you, you don't look back because the benefits they 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 come. Perfect. So, Chris, where can people connect with you, see the cool content that you're putting out, and uh, maybe get some advice from you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn uh, just by searching my name, Chris C H R S Weir W E I H E R three pronouns, we I her. Uh, or they can go to our website, cleavercreates.com. 
Perfect. Chris, thank you so much. This is great. I really enjoyed being able to get into the nitty gritty of podcasting versus vlogging. Uh, I learned a lot and I think everyone did too. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't wait to join you on your new show, uh, which when you launch it, let us know. We'll use the magic of asynchronous uh, communication to retroactively add your podcast to these show notes. So if you're listening in the future or watching in the future, it'll still be there. Oh, that's exciting. That's awesome. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. As always, thank you so much for joining me and for being here. Uh, My name is Megan Doherty. I'm your host. And as always, the Business Podcast Blueprint Show is created by the whole team at One Stone Creative. Uh, If you're liking what you're seeing or hearing, then I would like to invite you to join us on our monthly strategy and networking calls. You can find all of the information at onestonecreative.net slash strategy dash calls. The note or the link to that will be wherever you are seeing this video. Uh, And in these calls, we are going to be doing short trainings, talking to experts. We've got Q&A. There's time for hot seats. And of course, networking with other people, podcasting for business. So to learn more and to register completely for free, you can do so at onestonecreative.net slash strategy dash calls. And that's one spelled O-N-E. Thank you for being here. See you next time and see you around.